When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See the most beautiful thing I've ever filmed. This is for your own good. You left your bed with us for a while. Big mistake. Big, huge. Baby, baby, are you seeing this, boss? Happy to disappoint you. Are you not entertained? Welcome to Captive Audience, the show where we force feed the movies we love to the people we love. I'm Edwin James, joined once again by my dear friends and co-hosts, Alex Ward and Sean Roney. Thanks for tapping in for today's episode about 1991's Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This is a follow-up, or sequel, if you will, to our earlier episode about The Terminator. Sean hadn't seen the original, and he hadn't seen T2, so we had to remedy that. I loved his reaction to the first one, and I can't wait to hear what he thinks about this one. Thank God we have this podcast. Terminator 2 is currently streaming on Paramount+, Plus, or you may have a DVD or VHS copy somewhere in the basement. So go and watch it for the first time or just for this time, and we'll see you in a minute for our reaction. Taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. You don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Mom! Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Again. Stay down! Go! Now! We gotta stick together! Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. All right, walking out of the theater, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Sean and Alex as well. What did you think? (laughs) Oh, boy, I am so excited. The Terminator has somehow become our cornerstone franchise. Awesome. Yeah, I uh I'm work I'm trying to come up with a good just like general impression of the of the whole movie. So tell me what you think about this. 
Okay. Well, gee whiz, Mr. Terminator. You sure are big. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> That's really oh good. man, really what a good. fun movie! I, I I'm excited to talk about this. This was uh, a great follow up to, uh, of course, you know, uh, this I had not seen any of these uh, Terminator movies before. Um, action movies really aren't my genre, uh, and I, I established in the last episode I'm not really a James Cameron fan. But a lot working against say, you here. These are fun. These are fun. <laughs> well, J- hey, Jesse, wait, buddy. After this, we have uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Justice, <laughs> and Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, gosh. Well, I think I might hop off the train after two here, but yeah, well, we can get <laughs> most, into that later. Most of, uh, most of us did. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to, to stick in, in the walking out of the theater reaction, yeah. I, you know, let's, let's, let's go back to July 1991 when this movie came out. I mean, a lot of people in their prime here, and uh, what a summer that must have been. Coming out of that theater, I'm sure there's a mixture of just you're 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 probably feeling just jacked up, just pumped from that movie, but maybe with a little tear in your eye, maybe a little moisture yeah. from the way this movie ends. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I thought this hit an emotional place that the uh, first one just wasn't capable of yet. Uh, and walking out of the theater, I think I'm I think I'm dabbing my eyes a little bit. Yeah. Now you think... now now they know why you cry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely more emotional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is wrong with your eyes? Uh, whatever it is, he says to the kid. Um, which why is that? He doesn't know what crying is. I thought he has detailed files on everything. Human anyways. anatomy. <laughs> yeah. You can look at anything and be... scan it and have a full understanding of it, but not that. It would what be very is funny. Sad. If... He, have you been staring at the sun for extended periods of time? <laughs> Are your eyes windswept? <laughs> I apologize already and in advance for the amount of Arnold uh, impressions yeah. that we're going to have on this episode, Mine just really, because he has so much yeah. more dialogue uh, in, yes. in this episode. And, and even still, he's he's still under a thousand words of dialogue here, up from fifty-eight mm-hmm. in the first movie. So he's mm-hmm. his numbers are low, but boy, they hit in this one. Um, I don't know how many how many iconic lines are there in T2 from, from Arnold? But um, yeah, that's, that's what's happening on our walk back to the car. We're, we're doing impressions. We're, we're doing the one liners. There's so many in this movie. Um, <laughs> and I mean, what a turn for, for the T800 as a almost comedic relief in this mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, especially well, after the first one, but boy, oh boy, what maybe- a fun ride. I've, Before, I I like to moving forward. I'd like to identify the Terminators as uh, Arnold will be Daddy Terminator, and then uh, <laughs> the other one is uh, Stabby Terminator. So <laughs> Daddy and Stabby. <laughs> okay. I mean, we got to watch the all the others now just to hear your nicknames. What the whole Terminator <laughs> family is called. Uh. Okay, well, uh, maybe before we dive any deeper, I can give you a little bit of context and facts about this movie. Um, yeah. Because this movie was uh, a very, very successful film, as you might imagine. Um, mm-hmm. This film uh, was directed, of course, by James Cameron, written by James Cameron and William Wisher, released January 1st, uh, 
1990 or sorry, January 3rd, 1993, brought her in the United States. And um, it with a budget of $100 million or 94 to $102 million. And it grossed about approximately $520 million. Um, <sighs> highest grossing film of 1991 and the third highest grossing film of its time. I believe it is still the highest grossing film of Arnold Schwarzenegger's career. Oh, wow. Awesome. And at the time, the most expensive movie ever made. Yes, until James Cameron yeah. re- reset that record uh, a mere six years later with Titanic. I also believe it is credited as one of the first movies, if not the first movie, to have a major character be majority CGI or to have a, like a CGI uh, character as part of the mm. uh, cast and ensemble. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. I, okay, that's the T-1000. The T-1000. Yeah. And that's Snappy. another thing. That's another thing out of the theater. I mean, your mind would have been blown. Like I think the amount of CGI was pretty much untouched at this point, uh, on the, or at least uh, as far as the scale of T two goes. Um, something right. that at the time huge, huge amount of attention uh, on that. Um, um, one thing that I one thing that I really loved about Terminator One is that you know made in nineteen eighty four they didn't have pretty much any CGI, and it was really refreshing to watch an action movie where there's no CGI and it's all uh, models and puppets and practical uh, effects and stuff like that. Um, I, of course, when this movie came out, I'm sure, you know, these graphics, you know, of course now a little cheesy were, were pretty revolutionary. And honestly, I mean, it was, it looked pretty, it was pretty good. It didn't like pretty good after all this. Yeah. It really does work pretty good. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. certainly, like movies that came out 10, 20 years later, you can still get it wrong. So, um, they did a great job there, and I think, and 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 I also thought it was nice that the CGI really kind of just stuck to the T one thousand. Like we still had, you know, there's a part later in the movie where uh, Arnold's getting his face blown up, and it's that's still a model that's being yeah. blown up and things like that. So. Um, and, and the whole opening with the future battle scene was, was so good. Uh, and mm-hmm. once again, they're doing that all with models and things like that. So, um, you know, in the first, in the first Terminator, the scenes we get of the future with, with, in the battle, you know, uh, tanks crushing skulls and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's very dark. And, and I think because they had very little budget, it's, it kind of relies on some quick camera movements, just yeah. kind of lights in the darkness, some smoke. It, 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 at this one, uh, almost the same scenes are happening in T2, but you could actually see the depth of field of like things happening yes. in the distance. And it's like that is the most stark portrayal of like how much more money they got <laughs> or just in mm-hmm. these opening scenes in the, between these two movies. But again, like you said, Sean, it doesn't kind of stray from what it was. It doesn't. It, it's, yeah. it's sort of. Yeah. It's coloring in what happened in Terminator almost in a, in a way is, that kind of respects the first one. I find it very refreshing to know that in both visions of Terminator, there are a lot of loose skulls rolling around in the future. <laughs> so on the ground, yeah, in the road, wherever tanks it, may tread. Burnt out cars, old swing yeah. sets. I mean, boy, mm-hmm. does James Cameron love just setting children's toys on fire. Whew. I guess that, before, that, uh, yeah. Oh, Sorry. I was just going to say that that opening credits of the burning playground was set so, so beautiful. <laughs> and like, 
I mean, I mean, really, though, like things like that are like the 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 special effects coordinator for that opening is is an artist, you know, truly yeah. <laughs> like the way yeah. I mean, the like you there's so much fire coming from so many like it, it was it was really incredible and all shot, you know, all like slow motion mm-hmm. um, uh, it was it was a really great opening and thematically the perfect opening to this movie. It's like, it's Terminator, but now there's a kid. So <laughs> what, what, that's what, that was the uh, working title until they went to judgment day. Yeah. Um, Terminator that the, two. That was the only now thing. Got the a movie, kid. It's the only thing on the movie poster. One thing I want to mention before we get, continue to go down uh, all these trains of thought, because we should explore them all is I was incredibly excited that you hadn't seen both of these movies because number one, I like truly love Terminator and I have such a fond uh, memory of watching it for the first time. And then this movie Terminator two is so different in so many ways, but like it, it, it is very unique to have a movie franchise that is like this with like the, I guess you, I don't want to call it small, but like the sort of like, like this, the successful l- lower budget, so to speak, action movie from the eighties, and then becomes like a nineties right. blockbuster with like a holy, vi- like a fully, like visualized universe and different characters and stuff. Like it's, it's very, I think, unique to have two films like this in the same franchise and back to back. I think there's similar franchises in this time period or that start around this time. I'm of thinking course. mainly Die Hard, Alien. Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Like when you compare Terminator to say those two franchises. uh, those two really very quickly become something completely different. Um, at least Mission Impossible 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Die, Hard, Die Hard 2 definitely stays in the pocket a little longer, but by the time you're into 3 and 4, like the, these movies get much more serious. The scale of them gets much bigger. That happens here in Terminator, but there's something about the spirit of like that first Terminator movie that still feels so alive here in the second one. Uh, that's That's really hard to capture. And I think especially like Mission Impossible loses its way pretty quickly and becomes basically another, you know, Fast and Furious franchise. Fast and Furious, another example of this where uh, first, that's movie, a very good example. first movie actually yeah. feels like contained and has some heart and is believable. And by the third one, it's like, what what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I think if you think about Arnold Schwarzenegger and where he, you know, is the the first movie and where he is in the second and then now like the celebrity status is so different you know um yeah and I mean, granted like uh it's true for all bruce willis tom cruise as well but i i have to imagine it must have been so different to like go into the second terminator movie like knowing arnold as movie star um right or maybe this is like more of the star making turn but uh yeah it's interesting I, I suppose there are a lot of parallels i guess but like it's very it's funny because it's arnold you know um, yeah. who is stereotypically right. sort of Mr. Action Hero in so many ways um, but to see yeah. him in this movie. But anyway, I am sorry I cut you off. No, no. I mean, it's I, I, this, this was sort of my next point is like the stars at the center of this franchise are so, so different. Like, again, comparing to, say, you know, Bruce Willis and Tom Cruise is like <laughs> the most robot guy ever, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, like in the how many years pass between these two? the two movies uh six or seven seven Seven. movies or so Mm -hmm. like a he's developed a lot more acting talent but he's still going to play this robot role and then the genius turn that james cameron makes in the second movie is let's how do we turn 
the Terminator from the villain to the hero to the attacker to the protector. And that turn and introducing the kid is so it's such a good use of his talent at the time and of the full storytelling in the franchise. Uh, it's I think this is a reason why T2 is arguably the best or most successful sequel of all time. I'd probably put Godfather 2 in this might be if, if looking back. back on that. So I don't know. This it's 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 just a big achievement, this movie. And for we've seen so many other movies say, All right, director, let's we're gonna quadruple your budget, go for it. And then immediately kind of lose their way. Like like with yeah. endless possibilities. And the fact that this movie didn't do that is pretty remarkable. Well, let me ask you this, Sean. Now that we've kind of dive, dived into how diff- different these two movies are, what were you expecting from the second movie? Like, what, what were your expectations for this movie going in? Having watched the first one just uh, yeah. a couple months ago. Well, I, I did. So I did like the first one. And and the the hype around Terminator 2 is 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 pretty, uh, pretty high. Um, I actually saw a TikTok, I don't know, a month ago or something where some, somebody was just like, I just watched Terminator two. And I think it's my favorite movie of all time. I see that one. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so, so a couple of things that I knew were coming were, um, that, uh, Linda Hamilton was, was just going to be an absolute powerhouse in this movie that she was Mm going to be totally ripped and like, an action hero uh, that did not disappoint. That was um, she was just incredible in this movie mm-hmm. and uh, love her. Like, I mean, just the, the, the character has taken such an interesting turn. Um, and man, uh, you know, I'm rooting for her, but uh, I, 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 I think that she might not be, uh, she might be an unfit mother actually. Um <laughs> based on based on Hot some take. of the things that have happened uh but uh for an unfit you know, future yeah i think if you're trying to raise your little boy to be um you know a, a soldier against the machines you 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 should probably check yourself into a, a mental hospital but um yeah man there was like uh, but but uh, what did i expect i mean I guess it's exactly what I expected. Mm. Oh, I expected the I I expected adding the kid to add a little bit of heart and to add a little bit of comedy. Um, Did you know there was going to be the the kid character? I knew I knew that the kid was in the movie. I'd seen him, you know, I'd seen clips of the movie where he's on the motorcycle with Arnold and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know that John Connor was going to have so much attitude that he was going to be a little punk. Um, <laughs> public enemy t-shirt yeah I, um, knew, I knew you would I knew you'd key right in on like I love kid, that such a such a punk totally <laughs> rad such a little such a little dick uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's not my mom Todd you... <laughs> rim, 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 rim. <laughs> of course he um, has a dirt bike and goes to the arcade like oh man yeah. I know yeah, yeah. let me Excuse me while I don my leather jacket and, and go, I don't want to be here. <laughs> but I did love, I also loved too the way that they did that, that, you know, they kind of uh, give you a little backstory of like, you know, he, like he and his mom have just been on the run this whole time. And like, she's like, 
he mentions that there's been lots of guys and they're probably all like terrorists or something like, you know, like uh, Sarah Connor's just been looking for for ways to get weapons and to learn warfare. And um, and like, yeah, that that line, too, where he's just like just and then it turned out she was crazy. It's just like, oh, man, what this is like. So <laughs> this is dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh but which you must have I loved. Mean, you must have loved this i did i did i i thought uh, that it, it's so it's so weird and unique and and really uh really really interesting and and i love too that you know that they're re- they're all reunited not too long into the movie they go they they're, they're mm-hmm. able to rescue sarah from the the hospital i also loved i mean the introduction of of Sarah Connor doing the chin ups in the in the mm-hmm. hospital iconic uh, <laughs> veiny dude veiny abs- absolutely crazy just the way her arms just like hang off of her shoulders like it's just it it, it is wild yeah. um and, that's and, in the and Arnold just- documentary where he talks about seeing Linda Hamilton again as they're getting ready to make the next one he's like she's more shredded than I am <laughs> yeah saying a lot. There's there's an incredible I love uh, this movie uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Of course, um, yeah. it's a New so Zealand good. movie, and there's there's like a kid on the run, and there's like a like a social services officer after him, and they're like across a ravine from each other or something, and she's like, he she's like, I'm gonna get you. I'm the Terminator, and he's like, No, I'm the Terminator. She's he, she's like, No, you're Sarah Connor. Before the second movie, before she could do chin ups. <laughs> I forgot about that line. So good. Um, Ricky Baker. Yeah, also, dude, that- just like when she breaks out of the hospital, that might, that kind of stand like, that might be one of my favorite scenes from this movie. Like, yeah. The way that the way the way that she's like running down the hallway, like she's so light on her feet and she's mm-hmm. like got that like billy club, like Dude. you know, yes. like it's just like it's like, oh shit. <laughs> she's like yeah. Dude, I am and, so and glad you keep like, the syringe full of like uh you know, I don't know, Drano or whatever it is. Poison yeah. on the bottle. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. I was but, like, this is cool. I could watch I could watch her like i mean at that point it was like i don't even care about the terminator i just i yeah. all i care about is sarah connor give me there's give a me moment more sarah connor where she turns and starts to run and it almost looks like she was skipping like i noticed that and it's yeah. like yeah. oh this is what happens when this person or this character let's say is like been training to escape for for a very long time and finally yeah. gets a chance to run free yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. It was. It's. It. It is weird. Like she's not doing this like hard sprint. It is yeah. this kind of weird. Right. Like she's almost like leaping, mm-hmm. and it's like, I thought that was such like an interesting choice because it's like, she's serious about escaping, but I think there's also an element of like she did. It's like she's okay. She's free. She's free of her room. Like yeah. there's a little bit of like a, a, you know, a lightness to her step because she's like, mm-hmm. you know. She's been thinking about this for years. Yeah, yeah. She's almost like a she's like a dancer, but also like I'm so glad you keyed on this, Sean, because when she does get that billy club, and she turns around and starts to move through the hallway, it's like she's just you're like this is an athlete. Like she is Mm -hmm. so locked in right now, and the Mm -hmm. way she's moving is like 
she's gone into predator mode where she's moving yeah. almost like a cat floating around. Right. She's not panicked. She's not desperate to get out. She is just like, I am now the master of my environment here and no one's going to stop me. And um, but that's like this balance of that. I think T2 really explores is this the balance of, you know, technology and humanity and the pitfalls of one overtaking the other and it, it kind of the interplay between those two things which they do such a good job of a they spend a lot of time with the t-1000 looking at his cool you know mimic poly alloy <laughs> technology <laughs> that he has and blowing holes and, yeah. and all but then like <laughs> they spend an equal amount of time on this like very very human side of escaping and fighting that we see through sarah connor of like the struggles she having of just like people are being like hey her brain doesn't work she's messed up like the machine of sarah connor is broken and she's like no i'm she's incredibly human and watching her overcome that is it's such a cool scene mm-hmm. and this and it this is kind of like almost a little bit of the karaoke of the first terminator in terms of you have two people going for one target at the same time you're not the characters aren't sure who's good and bad yet, right? Remember in the first Terminator when Reese finally shows up at the bar? Yeah. And right. Sarah Connor's like, this is the guy who's been chasing me. I need to get away from this guy. It turns out he's there to stop yep. the real threat. Yeah. Same thing's happening here, but in the mental hospital. Um, when she, well, can you imagine they, how terrifying it would be to like watch the Terminator open the door dude, as you're running away? You see the trauma. <laughs> you see her yeah, like yeah. PTSD in the moment when she's like, this is the number one thing I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's like she doesn't give a shit about the hospital staff. Like she's yeah. it's, she it's, it's a, she's not afraid of them at all. But it's as soon as she sees Arnold, I mean, it's worth mentioning too that they do tease again with the Terminators, right? Because yeah. you we see mm-hmm. Arnold, we know he's bad from number one, and then there's another guy, and then you know it's not until we're in the mall in the back in the in the in the back hallways. That, uh, you know, we realize who's on whose side when when Arnold says, get down. Um. <laughs> with me if you want to live. You know, he yeah. uses the same line Reese did in the hospital. But you're right, man. It's at the, I was looking, mm-hmm. I think it's at the 38, 35 or 38 minute mark is the first time this movie takes a breath. That's when you get the scene with John Connor and the Terminator after on the motorcycle. You know, and he's like, mm-hmm. time out, time out. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he literally calls a timeout for some exposition. Um, mm-hmm. You know, good move. But th- that's the first time we actually get any orientation of what's going on, which is, you know, the, you know, the, the, the resistance sent me back to protect you. And you're like, oh. I imagine you sent me back to protect you. Yeah. I imagine there's an well, element with this movie and look, I could be wrong. Obviously I was not there for both of these premieres or during the theatrical runtime, but I have to imagine <laughs> like, Going into the first Terminator, there's a bit of a surprise. Maybe you don't know what to expect. And I feel like with the second Terminator, you know what to expect. I feel like in this era, you would probably be very primed with movie trailers on TV. Um, But I do really love, I mean, Alex, you called it playing karaoke, but like the way that the second movie really rhymes or sort of echoes the first with like them coming back. And there are just so many, like, I think ways that, this movie in particular, this movie is maybe famous for reinterpreting itself or reusing its own lines, you know? So I think there are elements of like the, the movie referencing itself, but not in a way that feels too corny or too cheesy because maybe it's one of the ones that, uh, I don't want to say it did it first, but maybe it did it in a very, very memorable or iconic way. Um, you know, just stay here. I'll be back. You know, mm. like there's a lot of moments where the, the movie sort of echoes the first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think to like and and also just to to Alex's point earlier about like, you know, Sarah Connor like being human or like, you know, the machines like all that stuff. I mean, I think you see that again with when she decides that she's going to go kill Dyson, mm-hmm. right? She is like I think in her mind, you know, she's been she's been building up so much that she has to become this, you know, she Terminator. and John are gonna yeah, exactly. are gonna <laughs> are gonna lead this resistance, and it's like she feels all this pressure, right? So then she's like, "I'm just gonna end this right now, and I'm gonna go and kill that guy." Uh, and it's and the when same you mission uh, like that the Terminator had in the first one, go go kill right, the creator, she, dude. She she walks out of she walks out of that trailer, walks right to the car. John is like screaming and everything. She just like just totally could not be more serious. She's got some weird hat on um <laughs> it's kind of a funny hat i noticed it's it a kind of a times. funny hat but yeah. I, I i appreciate it but i get it and yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and uh <laughs> but and then like and then she's just like i mean she just lays waste to that guy's office with like in with an <laughs> assault rifle and then and then when he like kind of looks around the desk and he just sees her walking through the smoke like it's like Oh my God! Like Sarah Connor is a Terminator now. Until yeah. it comes to the point where finally she's like, "I can't, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not a robot. I'm, I'm not, not that like guy, you. pal. <laughs> not that guy." Pal. Uh, I do really like the way that the uh, this is a really great image that you brought up, and this sort of thing that the movie does very well, which is kind of play with this idea of, I mean, man and machine, but also like, I think it's really interesting that there's this line drawn, and it's a very, I mean, it's a line that maybe we as movie, viewer, movie viewers and as human beings come to expect, which is that like killing people is like the line. That's what John tells the T-800 not to do. Um, mm-hmm. That's what Sarah Connor can't do. And there's something really interesting about like that, you know, kind of changing the way that we watch the movie. I think that we engage with the movie, the way that we expect Arnold to like be with the rest of the people that he is, you know, throwing through windows and things like that. Um, it also mm-hmm. makes me think of how when, um, they're at the camp and they're not, they are going to go to Mexico, but then they don't, of course. Um, or maybe this is a little later, but she says, uh, watching the, the machine interact with John, I realized he was a better father figure than any of these others that have come through. And like, it's funny when you take that killing that unstoppable killing, um, mission from the first movie and you remove it or you turn it around, it becomes like weirdly selfless. Like he's this protector who can now, will do anything to right. like it, it's interesting the way that it flips he'll, um and he'll it just, shoot yeah. anyone in the kneecap now he's a great he's it's a great like, dad <laughs> god stop shooting us <laughs> in the knees the leading <laughs> the leading cause of knee replacement surgeries yes <laughs> yeah he'll live he'll live yeah yeah i love, I love that voiceover moment too she's like he's he's such a good dad and he's, he's just doing that very robotic high five yeah i mean like we could we should talk a little bit about the comedy of of t2 because yeah. it's such a it's such an important ingredient in the cocktail that like i mean he has Arnold has all so many one-liners in this movie that are funny, and so much, so much of it just comes from this interplay of like this kind of backdoor buddy cop movie between the kid and Terminator. It's kind of like <laughs> what a part of this movie is, and uh, it's like if this came out today, it would feel so 
cliche and unoriginal. It's like, oh, the boy yes. forms an unfriendly, unlikely friendship with the machine. Right. Um, yeah. But this is kind of the example. This is the reason that it became a cliche, you know? Right. And yeah, it's like, anyway. yeah, I, I think I liked Iron Giant better, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you have to wait a few years for that to come out. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we're doing Iron Giant on this at some point. Uh, oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Talking about. Cri- wait, which one of you guys haven't movie. seen the Iron Giant? No, nah, I've seen it. No, I've seen I love it. it. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Oh, Edwin. We got talk one. about a movie See, there. It's like, there. Hey, what's wrong with your eyes, man? That movie. will <laughs> Anyway. Uh Yes, I the, the interplay between the two is is at the heart of the movie. I mean, I'm part of this is just kind of the fun that the movie has with the question, "Hey, what if you gave a 13-year-old shithead a com- totally unstoppable powerful <laughs> robot as a buddy?" Uh, you know, he's starting fights for the, with the Terminator will end them. He's <laughs> teaching them all the dirty language, the lingo. He's he's giving them I it's just like it's a really 19, good thing if that If you're he, 1991, a teenager, this movie is just catnip in every single way. Mm-hmm. It's really good that he gave him the no killing instruction pretty early on. <laughs> and then they didn't have to find out. He didn't have to find out in a more uh, dramatic fashion. Hey, my history teacher is kind of a fast dick. Rule. Like, could you yeah. just go kill him? <laughs> could you do something about it? I'll be back. <laughs> I hey, think. Can you, could you play linebacker in my football game today? It's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think the joke maybe that I laughed the hardest at was um when you know the they've escaped the the terminator uh, the T800 and uh John are on the run and he's like I want to call my foster parents to warn them and um oh. you know ter- and then at one point Arnold takes the phone and he's like what's your dog's name and he's like Max and he's like is Wolfie there and she's like, Wolfie's fine, honey. Like, you know, he, he's okay. And <laughs> Arnold just hangs up the phone and goes, your foster parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was not ready for that. It was <laughs> as, as someone who grew up as, and you guys both know this, like just obsessed with the Simpsons and watching again and again. It's very funny to think of like, that's like a McBain line, you know? <laughs> Like the Simpsons version of uh, Rainier Wolf Castle is the Simpsons character's name. But like, that's like a line he would say, your foster parents are dead now. (laughs) Whoa. Wow. Uh, I, we, we should, we got to talk about that scene. Um, As far as the differences between daddy and stabby, as Sean has called them. Uh, Yes. Dab and stab for short. (laughs) Dad and stab. (laughs) Stabs kill of the foster dad. I mean, yeah. that's one of the gnarliest. That's one of the gnarliest shots ever. Uh, through the I mean, milk carton, through the, yeah. the just with the finger, just with the finger, and it's it's you don't actually see that happening. You hear it in the moment, but that pan out to the milk carton held up right through the guy's back of the throat, through his head, is so visceral, and it just it's such a stark difference between. The first, you know, the T eight hundred, who would have just, who just comes in with guns, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much his mo. Uh, he has, mm-hmm. he has a, he has an Uzi with unlimited ammo. That's what he's got. But Stabby Stabby is impersonating them. He's turning into the the foster mom. He's t- making his just his little finger, a big sword. It's so mm-hmm. much more different. It's so much scarier and like silent in a way that the first Terminator isn't. There's like it an unpredictability too, uh, to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
it is wild too how like the the T800 like he needs to pick up a gun like he doesn't have a weapon built in right just otherwise it's just like it seems like an oversight yeah (laughs) i guess yeah his brute strength he'll just just throw people through walls he has no trouble with those three in a time where guns existed like you'd think they'd attach one yeah he (laughs) makes very quick work of those punks at the observatory yeah that's true he's he's and the bikers at the biker bar yeah, and the bikers, like he can just take bullets, he can just take hits and keep going. Mm-hmm. I mean, so can T one thousand. But how about those bikers? They really just keep lining up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I like the idea that 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 dad uh, daddy came back and he had some program vestige of like, ah, I had a motorcycle, a leather jacket last time I was <laughs> in this era. I felt kind of good. <laughs> Sunglasses. He's like, I'm gonna go find the like. Where's a biker bar? I could go to any bar, but yeah. I, I need I need those things again, dude. It is I I <laughs> I just you know like again I don't want to be too hard on James Cameron, but I just I can't help but laugh when it's like you know J- James Cameron is like you know he's 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 a he's a movie nerd, he's a screenwriter, and he's sitting there at his desk writing the script, and he's like, I I think the Terminator should. Uh, wear something cool like a leather jacket and maybe maybe ride something cool like a harley davidson but he could wear his sunglasses at night (laughs) like i don't want to be mean to james cameron but this is my impression of james cameron would you what would you in your in your retelling what you think he would wear like he would be riding like a fixed gear bicycle wearing like some (laughs) i think uh you know maybe something maybe 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 that uh purple jumpsuit that john taturo is wearing in big lebowski or something like that you Mm. know have some fun with it that would be a crossover if he goes into the bowling alley wow Hey man, nobody fucks with the Jesus. I'm just like now I'm picturing James Cameron. I'm picturing James Cameron, but at his current age, but in that purple onesie at his typewriter, going, mm, he should have a leather jacket. <laughs> Very bizarre Ding. scene. That there is, yeah, there is. Uh, he he doesn't just say it; he types it out on the typewriter. Ding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but leather daddy. I mean, this is very, it's very of the time. It's very 90s. Yeah. Know? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, but see, at the same time, too, this is played for comedy when he, when he just steps out of the bar and it just immediately starts playing bad to the bone. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, we're having fun. I kind of feel like, yeah, it's fun. Exactly. It's I, I don't know if it's service. comedy, but it's fun, right? It's like, that's something that, yeah. Yeah. An yeah. early 90s moviegoer. Yeah. Probably has a different perspective than we do you know uh, how about the mm-hmm. scene too of just him naked walking into that bar and getting a lot of looks from the servers <laughs> the ladies in the bar and both, that like, one look server, at the camera yeah. and then look down and go wow a mm-hmm. lot, lot of that Hello. face wow yeah mm-hmm. but they just yep. kind of keep doing their job which i love no one's like whoa hey sir <laughs> thanks <laughs> until he gets to this biker who is deemed similar size or whatever it is uh size match <laughs> in his vision <laughs> it would like, be very funny if he said that out loud yeah you, similar yeah. size percent <laughs> <laughs> match <laughs> you have my general shape uh give me your clothes <laughs> but yeah another you know i wish that biker had been like 
hey, you look you said you look like the guy that killed my dad who was a biker. <laughs> Bill Paxton, never heard of him? No. <laughs> he has a picture of him in his wallet from a, yeah. Tattoo from a, of a, sta- from a gas station back in the day. <laughs> Blue spiky hair. (laughs) (laughs) I loved him. Uh, Anyway, yeah, he's... Poor bikers, man. They're just taking L's in every Terminator Mm -hmm. movie. Bikers and cops. Not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just catching L's all over the place. And security guards. Laboratories. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Windows. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, that's... Yeah, great. Great setup. I mean, I don't know. How much do we want to get more into the plot of like, mm-hmm. kind of after that whole first act, that whole opening 35 minutes? Well, why don't know? we why don't we take a quick break and then we sure. should definitely talk some more about uh, the, new vil- uh, the new villain, yes. Stabby T-1000. Stabby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know me, you may know that I've moved a couple times in the last couple years, once to a different state and once to an entirely different country on another continent. And... In making those moves, it's been really important for me to keep up with my relationships, with the time, the effort that it takes. Um, but it's worth it to really keep those relationships going across the distance and across time zones. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones can happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. I'm a big proponent of therapy. I'm not in therapy currently, but I highly recommend it to anyone. I was in therapy for a few years on and off, but I have gotten so much from it. I think it can help almost anyone or practically everyone. And I really, really would encourage anyone, you if you're listening, to give it a try. Sometimes it's not about talking about everything that's going on in your life, or it gives you a space to talk about whatever you want. And over time, what I found is that you talk about the things going on in your life, your day-to-day, maybe happening this week at work or at home. And then over time, as those things become more regular, you end up diving into things that maybe you've always wanted to talk to somebody about but never really had the chance. And therapy gives you the place and the space to do that. I think that's an incredibly important thing. The place and the space to talk to someone um, can just be an incredibly helpful and powerful thing in your life. So. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com captive today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash captive. Welcome back to Captive Audience. Uh, thank you for joining us for our conversation on Terminator 2. I think now we're going to start to pick it up on uh, the T-1000, the new villain for this movie, played yeah. by Robert Patrick. Yeah. There's something There's something very, like, 90s about yes. liquid metal. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Liquid like, alloys. I feel like liquid metal is, is like, just, there's, man, that is badass, man. Liquid metal. <laughs> What, can That's I get a wild. couple other examples? <laughs> mm-hmm. About 90s uh, and liquid metal? Well, there was a video game called Twisted Metal. Oh, maybe, so that's where, <laughs> maybe that's where my... Oh, Capri Sun. Capri Sun commercials. <laughs> well, I was going to say The Secret Life of Alex Mack. Another 90s yes. staple. Yeah, that's right. In which she yeah. does transform into some kind of liquid. I don't know if it's metal. But generally, mm-hmm. let's just... Silvery liquids, in general, are very in. Mm, yes. 
Uh, Feels very, very Oakley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Now now you're getting it. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Um, I remember right around that time, I started seeing those little, like, kind of football-shaped magnets show up. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like, where, you have two of them where they, they, like, you know, you can, like, spin them together. Oh, and they, like, go click together. Yeah, they click stuff. together, I, those I magnets. Edwin, I know you I know, know what I'm talking about. about. Yeah, the little probably silver. probably do, but I can't think of it. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, but yeah, 90s toy. Yes. I, so, uh, all right. So, Robert Patrick was playing this bad guy made of magnets. Um, what? <laughs> Capri Sun magnets. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I think that, like, the, the T-1000 is a unique villain i think he played he's played very well like he's played very mm. very seriously in a, in a very good way there is like a nice contrast to like the fact that this guy is like thinner and a little more like slender but it also like his body morphs into like, these liquidy shapes um like I'm, it, yeah. it is nice as a comparison to not have just like another big guy to go up against arnold um yeah yeah like this character right. is the uh, yeah yeah he, like he's much less threatening on the eyes just like initially uh, but there's something about Robert Patrick's face. He's really well cast. There's something mm-hmm. just kind of threatening and evil about him. Um, obviously, it's how he's shot and how he's cast and, and everything we know about the movie. But man, he's he's just great in this role because you just never really trust him. He's always, like you said, unpredictable and just has a very evil vibe. There's also an element of where the Terminator in the original is... Arnold with a voice like we hear the character's voice. I believe the T-1000 like he uh, kills that cop and takes his form immediately. So it, it's almost like every version of him is impersonating humanity versus this mm-hmm. right human figure that we identify as played by Arnold. You know, like and we see them all when the character dies. But there's this element of mimicry that uh, is like there's something deeper and more sinister underneath for all these different faces. Yeah. yeah, I guess like pretty much the only reason he keeps going back to that form is just so that we as the audience can follow what is happening, Correct. you know, yeah. <laughs> otherwise mm-hmm. it would just get a little too confusing. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think too, like the first movie, you know, the the Terminator's weakness in the first movie is kind of that he's he's a bit of a, you know, he's kind of this lumbering big guy. He's not very nimble, you know? And I feel like that's, that's kind of the, the improvement they made with the T 1000. He's a little slimmer, a little sleeker. He can, you know? Yeah. He's, he sprints. He's like about the speed of a moped, (laughs) just about whatever the kid's riding. I did. I did see that. Um, apparently (laughs) on, on like the first day they were shooting that chase scene where the kid, rides away on the on the bike and he and he's running after him that uh that uh robert patrick caught up with the bike and (laughs) (laughs) like he's just so fast he just caught up with the bike and james cameron was like cut movie's over he's dead (laughs) 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 you caught him you caught him (laughs) you have to make a choice to run slower (laughs) yeah Yeah, there. Yeah, I think to go back to your comparison point, Sean, like the the original is moves in a straight line and that is compensated for the fact that he is essentially unstoppable. That's kind of the the deal. But this version uh, is both like it has a little more adaptability. It has a little Mm -hmm. more subtlety. It can kind of slip in and out wherever it needs to. It feels uh, it feels more evil in a way. 
because uh, it feels like it, it's thinking, you know, and it's planning and uh, versus just being like dead set on terminating, you know? Right, right. Like where where, where the T-100, he'll just walk fully nude into a bar, but the T-1000, he can become the floor. Like he doesn't like, yeah. he's very, very He becomes very the bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's talked stealthier. about too. Robert Patrick has talked about this uh, in his discussions he had with James Cameron after he was cast, who, by the way, was pretty much broke, says, according to Wikipedia, was living in his car at the time. James Cameron, soft spot. For... Again? Again. No, no. <laughs> no, no the Robert guy who Patrick, not James Cameron. Not... Oh, James sorry. Cameron. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> James Cameron. Seven years what? later, back in the what car. What happened? <laughs> yeah, he's back in his mom's <laughs> Nissan. You know, he it's lost like, what? I like that. living in my car. <laughs> he made some bad bets. It's on a beautiful plot of land overlooking. <laughs> yeah. <hills>. yeah. <laughs> so Rolls Royce. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. It is the Rolls Royce of cars that you live in. <laughs> no, but, no, sorry. Uh, Robert Patrick, uh, T-1000. Okay. Uh, but he said that, that his, he auditioned by acting like basically he says this emotionless hunter. Uh, and very much he's he's a hunter the entire time. And every he says everything he did was mirrored after after creatures that hunt, mainly like big cats, reptiles. And then he said he modeled his head movements on an eagle's. So when you look at like how he tilts and moves his head mm, really right. quickly, it's very he's like that's very intentionally like a predator bird. That is, you know, that that's that's interesting that you mentioned that because I totally noticed at one point when he does kill somebody or stab somebody that he does that thing with the where the, you know, he kind of like watches them the the life drain from their tilts eyes just or a something. tiny bit, yeah, like yeah, yeah. right, yeah, and I, I I mean, there was there was a few moments like that in this movie again where I'm like, you know, I don't as as not a as someone who's not a fan of the action genre it's like are these firsts for you know like is that because right. i see that in movies a lot that like you know he's if it's a psycho killer they kind of do this head tilt you know that sort of kind of communicates that they're not human mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh but i will also say that they said we got company in this movie uh <laughs> and wow there was another one it'll come back to me but i was but i was like is this the first time <laughs> i don't know but yeah i am a sucker for that line any movie yeah. any context we got company, I, we got company. My, if i could ever be an actor and be in a movie and get one line 100 percent, that's it we got company <laughs> there are yeah that's very funny that's very funny they're like it, it's these these movies from this time just lend themselves to being you know uh cliches right that's the whole point yeah. i guess mm-hmm. yeah. right i do think but that, it's funny that we talk about robert patrick's uh acting choices because i felt like half of his acting in this movie is responding to shotgun blasts <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah he like throws his arms and head back like a lot, a lot of shoulders yeah, a lot of shoulders yeah. being cast all the way back, mm-hmm. hips moving Dude, to the side. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I will definitely say, like with this movie, like near the end, it was just like, oh yeah, good, shoot at him. That'll that'll definitely work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey, at least uh, we but see I Arnold like... reloading his shotgun this time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I did. I really liked uh, something that they did where. They would add those these like metal discs onto onto Robert Patrick uh, when he got shot. That is supposed to like you know be the the liquid mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. metal kind of 
you know, healing, but it was like, so it was like, so interesting. Cause I, they, they're physically adding that on to him and like, and it, mm. you know, it, it was, it was really kind of a neat design idea, um, that I, that I really appreciate it. Uh, of no. course, then later too, they also do when he's getting shot with like the, I don't, I don't know what it is, an anti, like, like Terminator uh, gun. <laughs> yeah, an anti Terminator <laughs> gun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also glad that the guns got bigger in this movie. That was important to me personally. I was like, how are they going to top the Uzi and the sawed off shotgun? But they did it. So. Good. I'm imagining James Cameron. Wait, wait, I'm imagining a Sean cut of the movie where the Terminator doesn't wear a leather jacket, doesn't ride a motorcycle, and the guns get a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> a little Derringer pistol out He's of the side. <laughs> get down. Pew. Pew, pew. Sean's like, what is this? <laughs> I know, Sean. That was anything. That was your first out of the theater reaction to T one. Was this movie made me want a gun? But you're right. I mean, it 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 is the type of thing though that where I think that I think about because it's like you know, obviously, guns are not a part of James Cameron's life. You know what I mean? As as just a Hollywood elite now, like right. He's in his purple onesie and typewriter, going, "What about a gun?" Well, he's like, ah, oh, man, I gotta go to the gun show this weekend and figure out what <laughs> what is new out there, you know? James like, Cameron. He's always not only not- he also he doesn't have an internal monologue. He has to sit, either say out loud what he is thinking or type it onto a on a on a typewriter. He's always in the in the Jesus purple onesie too, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. "Oh, there's a gun show in Van Nuys this weekend. I better go. I must, I he, must drive he myself." To takes the gun his show. typewriter out of his lap, turns on his car, yeah. and drives to the gun show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he can't bring the typewriter in the car just in case something happens and he needs to think about it. I mean, it, no, it, it's he just has to put it on the passion passenger mm-hmm. seat. You know, that's true. <laughs> It's not safe to he's, drive with it in your he's lap. He's always traveling with a machine. <laughs> Humanity and machine. Yeah. The original uh, Terminator. Uh, Typewriter 2, Judgment Day. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought I'd need, a, I'd need like an adaptation type movie of making Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Writes yes, himself. Exactly. Write himself into the script. Nicholas, Nicholas Cage <laughs> plays James Cameron. Who play- it's going to be made yeah. of liquid metal. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called the three. Okay. So, okay, so, um, back to- okay. All right. Whew. Huh. Uh, anyway, I was going to get it all out. T-1000. Yeah. T-1000. Incredible villain. I, you know, it, the, it, we talked about how, uh, how well earned a lot of things in T1 are in the, in the first one. I think that continues here because as we, as we've talked about his, uh, you know, the original Terminator, very rigid. You know, he's he's organic material on a metal frame. He's 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 very robotic, and mm-hmm. the fact that T one thousand moves much more fluidly is actually makes sense because he's literally made out of a fluid. He's he's mm-hmm. this liquid metal who can form, and we see him use that to all sorts of great effect. Whether it is a finger sword, 
whether it is my favorite use of his of his metal limbs, his liquid limbs, which is prying open a elevator. Yeah. Or yeah. prying open anything. He's got those little hooks. When he, he turns can get in into there. the little crowbars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when Dude, he get... follows the car and jumps on. That guy mm-hmm. could have been a world class handyman if he'd got mm-hmm. into that profession. But he instead That's his uh, real he could be any tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yes, he's he is this liquid and he moves like a liquid. And we see him also become kind of a liquid on the floor of the of the hospital with his, when he kills right. the security guard and he comes up he just looks like a chessboard come to life for a second mm-hmm. out of the floor um, and again we look back now and you're like that's a little I can see the computer program running like I can see it in the movie but it still doesn't feel doesn't look that bad still today I mean imagine oh. in 1991 you've never seen anything like that yeah in the movie. people like, must have been one. losing it yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh no it, it it it's good and they don't do too much of it I mean um especially at the end of the movie like you know as with this action movie and and uh, and all others it it's just climax building on climax building on climax with the end fight scene and chase scenes and you know the steel mill and all that but i liked the um that they kind of saved it for the end that when they're when they're fighting um that he's using that his liquid uh he, he's like able to dodge punches he's like gets mm-hmm. thrown into a wall and just immediately like flips around without mm-hmm. having to like turn his body like i thought that was like a cool thing to save for the end um and uh you know, again, mm-hmm. it was nice that it wasn't overdone, and it was, and it was, it was pretty cool. I also love the. I love at the end when Sarah Connor has shot him several times, and she's clearly one bullet away, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's out, and he does the finger wag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, iconic as well. I, that is yeah. like the moment that I remember from this movie. Yeah. I know. And you think of that final scene, the Terminators would learn, like, do not pursue into a foundry or steel mill or factory of <laughs> yeah. any kind. There's machinery and factories that are we're vulnerable to, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've never yeah. I've never just stumbled into a, uh, <laughs> a giant factory like this. Oh, yeah, you, you know? lived, buddy. You haven't? <laughs> what? No. Yeah. But it's happened yeah. twice for Sarah mm-hmm. Connor. That's yeah, our yeah. new experiential podcast, which is called Factory Audience. <laughs> <laughs> About wandering into factories for the first time. Uh, a couple say, last notes. A couple Go last ahead. notes on the T-1000. Um, you know who was originally cast for this role? Hmm. Billy who? Idol. Singer. Oh, yeah. Yes. Be, yeah, like, wow. like Billy, like, like the rock, like the rock star yeah. Billy Idol. Uh, oh yeah he's kind of i mean i i see it Mm -hmm. i see like he could be he could be a scary guy for sure he he was originally cast but then couldn't do it because he seriously hurt his leg in a motorcycle crash james james cameron those motorcycles are dangerous guys you know uh the first time too in t1000 when he takes the shotgun head to the face and it splits in half and he mm-hmm. kind of falls backward a little bit. That is such a tone setter for me for the whole movie of a the incredible special effects of that scene, which still kind of hold up. The way he's sort of splayed out, like you like popped a like chip bag wrapper or something. Like it's just like this whole. 
it's almost like this broken shredded piece and then watching it all come back together um it's, it's just a good moment where like okay everything you tried on the first terminator is not going to work here except t-800 daddy has learned that a shotgun at least slows you down a shotgun might just make you f- stumble backwards and sometimes you just need that two seconds to get away it's like mm-hmm. the force of it almost more than Correct. the yeah right it's not the damage yeah it's just the literal pushback mm-hmm. yeah i think too there's something interesting i know you said that the only reason he stays a cop is so that we the audience have a frame of reference and yes agreed but there is also something kind of menacing about him being a police officer you know oh, like huge. because when he walks into things, people don't question his authority or why he's there. Or, I mean, maybe they do, but right. like, he d- it's not the same as a, a person just walking by, you know? Mm-hmm. There's like, oh, he this gets weird... waved. He gets waved yeah. right into the mental hospital, you know? He yeah, gets... exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's, there's like, an oh, element. To, yeah. And even with the, even as like, he's like, hey, that's a pretty nice bike. And then he's got, the, like, he also rides the motorcycle. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta have a motorcycle. Yeah. What is this, the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> one, thing, one thing, though, I didn't understand is, you know, he can repair himself and he's this organic material, but how is he able to also save and recall the fabric from a cop uniform in pristine shape? I don't get how that works, but whatever. I don't think it matters. Yeah. Nah. Um, I guess he's I, uh... doing an impression of it with his liquid. He's yeah, I, I guess so. Himself. Okay, maybe that's it. Because he, he, he's like, you he, know, anytime he yeah. replicates anybody, he's he's got the clothes on. Right. You um, know, one thing that uh, now that I'm thinking about it, that I did kind of like from the first movie that I, that is actually done in this movie is that in the first movie, uh, as the movie progresses, Arnold, as he has encounter after encounter with Sarah and Reese and the policeman, he begins to be a lot less and less human, like this living tissue that is on his uh, robot mm-hmm. frame begins to fall away and by the end you know you see the red eyes and by the end in the factory he is just this robot skeleton that won't stop walking towards them um right and with if you think about how that plays out in t2 like the t1000 is we 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 see the liquid metal capabilities and stuff but he doesn't really put it on display until like it it, it is only done over time. And then in that last fight scene, when he's fighting Arnold, only then do you see like the really full capabilities of what that actually means. Um, And I think that's effective in, in like be, you know, being more human to blend in less human, but then also like this sort of humanity versus machine thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that they only deploy it at the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's, you know, we know too, the way that the, the time travel works is like, it's just the the bio matter or whatever can time travel. So like, oh yeah, I mean, but it's interesting that he's just he's just a droplet of like biological liquid metal, I guess. So aren't we all, <laughs> <laughs> aren't right. we all, brother? Yeah, and you see that too when he, in that in one of the first or second chase scenes when he's got one of the hooks in the back of the car and it snaps off, Mm. you know, and there's just that little piece and John grabs it and throws it off the car as they drive away. We see T-1000 walk up and then it just sort of, his shoe kind of sucks up that little piece of metal and he's like, yeah, I like that. You know, it's just, it's just like, it's good way of showing and not telling the kind of the physics of what's going on here of what he is Mm -hmm. and, and what is a danger to him and what he can overcome. 
It also sets an important precedent that he can't that there can't just he can't just grow a million of him, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that would be guess- crazy if he could he could be like, how about ten little versions of me? Like, all, mm-hmm. you each get you each get a handful <laughs> of metal to not- make yourself into something. <laughs> They're also much shorter than him as well. Yes, <laughs> you say little versions, yeah. have the same amount of liquid metal. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. They're all turning their hands into crowbars, and they're like twenty, like twenty garden gnome sized T one thousand. There's like five of them stacked up wearing a single trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get into a movie. <laughs> um, okay, you could have just made yourself an adult. <laughs> Speaking of little pieces of the T one thousand. I guess so. There's that famous scene where he freezes. I, I and yes. and as I think about it, there's oh, one cool. really funny moment where the truck, the trucks are going into the factory, and it blows through this chain link fence. There's one guy standing out in front of the chain link fence, and like his whole job is to just dive out of the way as the trucks blow through the chain. Link fence. <laughs> Very funny that they put a person there for that. Yeah. Um, but Edward, um, you are a great. You are a great at noticing just a Random guy in the background of scene <laughs> and, 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 and focusing only on that guy. Like, <laughs> well, it's like, what? like, did you guys it, notice it, there was a kid in the background of this scene who was just like hitting a bench? Like kicking a soccer ball into a chain link fence in a really distracting way? Yeah, I remember that. That's yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'll, I'll send you the timestamp. He just, all he does is dive. It's very, very funny. But okay. So the scene where uh, he freezes with the liquid nitrogen, man, yeah. speaking yeah. of things so from the nineties, cool. liquid nitrogen. Oh uh, yeah. Like, I guess, you know, Arnold sa- says his famous line, Sean, were you aware of this line and were you expecting it to come in at some point during the movie? Chill out. Is that what he does? <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> what You're is thinking it? of Which a the- Batman. <laughs> I th- of yeah. Mr. Wait. Freeze. Or, uh, or I, uh, radi- I thought it was yeah. weird too that the kid the kid tells him chill out at one point and I was like oh that's funny I think he says that in a different movie Take in a uh, no. in a oh Mr. no this Mr. is Asta La Vista baby Asta La Vista baby yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course yeah mm-hmm. um well yeah I knew he says Asta La Vista baby uh yeah this was a this was a I was waiting for it and um uh. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. I guess I guess that one might have been ruined by having hearing having heard it so many times. Mm. I thought I thought I'll be back was better in Terminator One. Yeah, um, the uh, the way they used that line, but uh, mm-hmm. but this was a really cool. I mean, this is I thought for sure he was dead after this. Um, mm. <laughs> it was it was a really really cool way to to get rid of uh, the T one thousand. I think one thing that I was kind of hoping for, I mean, granted, there is exposition where he talks about being being made of a liquid alloy, and maybe this was said more, and I'm not thinking of it, or I missed it, but I was kind of hoping that the T-800, as a Terminator who's doing all this analysis all the time, would have had some sort of strategy on how to actually fight the T-1000, you know? Um, mm. Because it clearly can't win in maybe like a hand-to-hand battle so like i because you know with reese he talks about making explosives he talks about you know the shotgun will slow them down for a while with these weapons i don't know there's like a there's a plan and granted it's a it's 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 all they got but like i, right. I would have been interested to hear what the t-800's plan would have been um to kill the mm. t-1000 outside of just kind of running you know right yeah that's a good call i forgot about that like we, we there's scenes of in t1 of reese making the pipe bombs you know and mm-hmm. then like there's almost a count of the pipe bombs of how many they have left 
you know, in the final mm-hmm. one, he puts mm-hmm. in the rib cage, you know, mm-hmm. a rib cage of, of uh, the T-800, <laughs> uh, you know, leading to then the scene where it's just half of him crawling through the through the press. Uh, and in this one, you're right. Yeah, that that is a he kind of comes back without much of an idea of what the but he knows all about the T-1000. He's like, it's a, exactly. You know, yeah. He describes it, um, but he could have. Yeah, he could have added like a very high temperature would we'll, we'll do the trick or something <laughs> and he's sensitive to the extremes very high or very low well i mean really they would have been they would have been fine extremes if of used... the human physique <laughs> they would have been fine if they used um the liquid nitrogen in any place other than a molten steel mill right because it's like yeah. it's the it's the hot steel that that heats him up and and thaws him out so it's like they they should have just gotten some liquid nitrogen right from the start. Mm-hmm. But it was in the truck, yeah. right? So they should have just let him into a field or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Just stay away from the from the steel mill. But you know, I mean, it was interesting too that like the the factories at the end of the movie thematically fit, right? Because in the first one, it's all the all the all the mechanics and the presses and stuff yep. like that, which kind of match the T eight hundred. And then of of course, this one is all liquid steel liquid metal yeah. which you know matches liquid the- nitrogen yeah smelting ah yep. smelting yeah it's mm. a good word mm-hmm. uh, uh should, did, did we talk about the end the thumbs up thumbs yeah. up in the seal that that i didn't know was coming i don't know <laughs> I, I thought I, okay, that was just think? like what'd you think i was just like i think i just went what <laughs> <laughs> It was, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, that was, I, I like moments like that because it's, it's like, I, I like that this movie didn't take itself so seriously. It, it was fun, you know, it mm. was fun mm-hmm. all the way till the end, you know, and that's, um, that, that was why I really appreciated that, that moment. Um, I think, I think people have said though, that that makes them cry. Like that's when people start tearing up is the, is the thumbs up, uh, mm coming out of the molten lava um but uh, i did not i did not tear up i didn't tear up did you realize <laughs> did you realize that's when that's why other people tear up no i that's something that i just kind of saw on on reddit after watching it and just sort of reading about the movie and stuff yeah. like that yeah seems Maybe it's just me. Maybe uh, maybe I don't have a heart. It seems like a disproportionate response. <laughs> yeah. I think I think there's. I mean, you know, I think that all has to do with you know yeah. that he's like a father figure to him, yeah. and the the boy has never had like a real a real parent. His you mom's always yes, just been like I'm a being, drill uh, sergeant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I almost thought of it like a. It's like a kid and like his his pet dog or something. It's almost the relationship they have. <laughs> yeah. For. Yeah, it's he is both a dad and a dog. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, he's an attack dog and his dad, and like a mixture of all of these things. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. <laughs> By the way, would have loved to see T one thousand. You know, have a try out as a dog for a couple scenes, see what it's like, run around. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just to try, just, just to try. <laughs> like, there's another movie where the T1000 now becomes a sword. T1000 like, gets fascinated with humanity and just starts like, trying out all these things. He just runs in circles for a minute, pees, and then he's like, "That's enough of that." <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to the mission. 
<laughs> Gotta kill this kid. I'm just gonna do one looper on the park as a pigeon just to see what it's like. Okay. But okay. Do you, okay, wait. Do you think if you if you spend time as a dog, but you go back to being an adult, you could still get the zoomies? <laughs> he scratches his neck with his foot. He's like, "Hold on, guys, I gotta run this one out." <laughs> Anytime he's running in this movie, he's just getting. The he's zoomies. got the zoomies. I understand. Come here. Come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I do. You know what? I do like the thumbs up. I think it's a nice little like it's very of the time, but it's like a nice yeah. end of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. And I guess. I think you, yeah, there are elements of this movie that the ending is there's always got to be a little epilogue because the climax of the movie is always the Terminator dying or like finally killing the Terminator. So there's always a little bit of uh, now we can look towards the future, even if we're literally yes. driving into the sunset or, you know. Um, that kind of thing. So there is an element of like the Terminator needing, like them closing the loose ends. There's the, it is kind it did kind of make me laugh where he's like, there's one more chip and he points to his head, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah, like there's an element of wind down that has to occur with these movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really talk about that, that plot kind of plot thing. Um, we can hit this quickly because I know we don't have a ton of time left, but like, oh, yeah, yeah, we haven't even talked about the Dysons. We haven't talked about the guy who designed Skynet. Right. And going to his house and kind of his scene. Um, I mean, it's it, I think it's it's a big part of this movie because all of his research is based upon the one arm and the piece of the chip from the first Terminator. Right. And he he's so, able to yeah. observe and break that technology down where he b- basically creates Skynet. So this is what we're also getting is this is how all of this started. This is how all of this began was traveling back in time to try and kill Sarah Connor. And so it was like it's almost the machine's insistence on, you know, destroying humanity is the thing that actually gives them life. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was going to say um, that uh, my Dundee award. Oh, yeah. Goes the to, the, to the Dyson family. Um <laughs> For their ability to forgive and forget, (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty much instantaneous (laughs) after uh, Sarah Connor makes an attempt um, pretty much to kill all of them and completely ruin their house. And then their boy for life, their child. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely loved um, that (laughs) when John Connor goes up to the little boy and he's like, hey, come on. Uh, show me your room. It's like, yeah, as if he isn't forever traumatized by what just happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then true. later when they're sitting in the kitchen too, the Dyson's wife is like, well, what do we, what do we do? Like she, she's like, okay, so she is now fully caught up on the story about time travel, all this stuff. She's just like, okay, got it. What's the next step? <laughs> yeah. they're in. And it's, it's like, I, I would the- be like, you people have to leave. <laughs> You have to go. <laughs> I know. I love the montage too, where they're just showing the Terminator. I can only imagine storytelling to Dyson, just like, and then there was this, and then this happened, and now they're all machines, and and the the, the well, guy just kind of takes it in stride. He's like, "Cool, I, I, I'm I'm now ready to die like, wow, for this." My mission. bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the other thing that happens is, I mean, they make an attempt on your life. Or, you know, on his life, and they show the horrifying thing where they pull off the skin to show the robotic arm. Yeah. The, yeah. 
the it would be very difficult to imagine them just being like, okay, can you please leave now? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're still kind of, you know, uh, in a weird way, sort of held captive, right? I don't know how you're supposed to, you know. It uh, felt. It felt. Yeah. I under, no, I know what you I'm mean though. It you. happens. It happen, They kind of hand wave it away. You know, yes. it's like it takes very little time. Yeah. It takes very little time to process this information. Um, whereas uh, Sarah Connor takes a full movie to kind of come to grips with mm-hmm. it. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, if say, I if I was them, I'd be like, "That's just an arm. That's like you could just have. You could just <laughs> not have an arm. I don't know. Like I mean, that's you, that's magnets, guys. That's magnets. That's magnet. Mag- big deal." Yeah. Big deal. Uh, show me what's show me under some liquid your magnets. Face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, I think. You've... Oh yeah. Go ahead, Edwin. Well, I mean, I was going to say you've given a Dundee, and it kind of leads me into one of my Dundies. I, I was yeah. going to say we um, should say real quick too. Uh, at the end of the show, we give out our Dundee awards. This is an homage to our uh, office podcast that we that started all this. Um, <laughs> and a Dundee, of course, is an award you may or may not want to receive, and we could give out as many or as little as we'd like. For any reason, at forever. So, uh, <laughs> Sean, what was your actual Dundee? You gave it to the Dysons, but what is the award for? A- ability to forgiven. Oh, yeah. oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Can I give mine? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. You talked about how quickly they absorb this information and are along with the plan. So, uh, the opposite of that is the uh, Dundee Award winner for Worst Supporting Doctor, Dr. Silberman. <laughs> So, Dr. Silverman, the actor reprising his role, is talking to yes. Sarah. He knows her from before. He was at the police station when this thing happened. He talked to yeah. Reese. Oh, man. He talked he to the other person supposedly complicit in this crazy scheme of hers. So, yep. it it it's it's I mean, I understand why they would want him to come back and play the role and like kind of keep the continuity of the universe, I guess. But there is something strange to me that he is so uh, unwilling to listen to her story, even though he was presumably at the police station and somehow survived. Mm. Um, when everything from right. the first movie went down, yeah, that's a, yeah. <sighs> My only explanation there might be that he's he's pretty nefarious in that he's keeping Sarah as a means to scientific fame in his community, just because like mm. the way that he's he's showing students or whoever he's like now we're gonna go see sarah connor now she's a fascinating subject and it's almost like uh he's keeping her for writing a book about her or something you know yeah i think that yeah oh sorry i I think i think you know he's like a exactly like he's like a selfish character and like you know it'd be way easier to you know call her Mm. crazy and ride that for success in his career uh, rather than say this is real and other people call him crazy that's true yeah yeah but but you're right it is it, but they could have they could have also shown that they could have shown that he does believe it but you know chooses to instead play it like, this way they clearly have video footage and of, of arnold killing the cops in the police office we see it as this right, record yeah. and yeah. It's just crazy that he seems to have forgotten that that ever happened, even though he was very much involved. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And then Sorry, I, I was mean, just looking at yeah. the cast here. Uh, Dean Norris, aka Hank from Breaking Bad, is the SWAT team leader in this movie. Huh. Oh, wow, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, Alex, did you have a Dundee? I do. I am giving. Uh, my Dundee is for the. 
best movie friend of all time to John's friend uh, with the mullet uh, at the oh, arcade. Yeah, yeah. Because without this kid, this movie never happens because he is yeah. such a good friend and such a just bro who's like, yeah, he's with him to the end, dude. He's like, whatever you need, I got you. And then when they're in the arcade and T-1000's doing the rounds asking where this kid is and he's got a picture, kid doesn't even think, doesn't even hesitate. Just goes, no, nah, never seen him. Right, right. Goes right up pop. to him. Completely and fearless. He, and then he's just like, and he's not like, let's get out of here. He's like, you go, just go. Or he yeah. shows up, he's like, yo, there's a cop looking for you, dude. You got to go. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's having your back. And he he's completely unfazed by this cop. Um, yep. Shout out to that kid. <laughs> he's because, a real one. Because John needs that extra, like, 15 seconds to get out of there. It is funny to imagine the life of crime they must lead, that they have protocol when a police officer shows up. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, like as a as a as a child to be like only you go, only like you that's go. very that's very it's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a wise judgment call. It's just very funny. Like, what have they done? In yeah, the he's past? got to find a ride home now. That's yeah. a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he knows that's that's what's important. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he used all his orders on Street Fighter, man. On his bike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Grade A mullet. I don't know. Yeah, what kind of petty crimes <laughs> they've committed? But like, the, they are boys for life. And uh, I thought that was one of the best displays of friendship I, I've ever seen. <laughs> I was going to give him best haircut, so I'm glad you recognized him. Also. Either so one. I'll, I'll come up with another one. Yeah. He he can get he can get both. Mm-hmm. Uh I I think we're just at about our time here, guys. So, um I I I want to say thank you very much for uh getting me into the Terminator franchise. Um I know mm-hmm. that there's several more movies in a TV show. Um but I, I have it's at lot. least enjoyed these two movies a lot. Um, you know, yeah. I gotta say, I, I started this whole thing not as a not you know not digging James Cameron really that much, but I would say these these are the best things that I've ever seen him do. And you know, James, I'm sorry, you know, you heard it here. <laughs> you, you, I'm uh, I'm really glad that we could uh, experience these movies with you. It's really fun to go back to these movies because I mean they're not they're totally. not movies. I think all the time you know um Mm -hmm. and it's very fun because i mean for me because you know i have uh as i mentioned uh i have such a fondness for my experience watching the first one i love the first one i love this one too um i think and maybe i'll pose this to you guys uh i think the second one is well which one do you think is better and which one do you prefer let's say that Mm. i mean (sighs) i i i think I mean, Terminator 2 is is a better blockbuster movie. It's it's got something for everyone. It's just it's it's exciting. It's fun. It's technically, you know, stunning. Um, It it is worth mentioning. We didn't mention accolades for this movie, but it won four uh, Academy Awards, all for technical uh, things, makeup, sound design, visual effects. it cleaned up so, at the MTV Movie Awards that year. Cleaned. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, you know, I think though that uh, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't love a blockbuster movie. I don't like the 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 never ending climax uh, fight <sighs> scenes and things like that. And this is this movie did kind of start to lose me a little bit in the steel mill. Um, 
So catwalks, a lot of catwalks. <laughs> I, I kind of, I they're kind of dead Nothing. even for me in terms of in terms of liking them. They 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 offer something different. Uh, yeah. Each each one of them. So yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take. Alex, what do you think? I I I. They're both so good. Um, but I think I think T two just has one more dimension that makes it a little more interesting to chew on than than the first one. Even though I think they're both, uh, you know, in in the action universe, they are masterpieces. I would say that I think T two is probably better overall. Like it offers more, mm. but I prefer T one. I just think T one is such a mm. like in many ways. Like it's such. I don't want to call it totally. a perfect movie, but it is like it does so well what it sets Good. out to do. Um, yep. So that's kind of where I am. But it's very you know, fun I, to compare it to movies like this that are so different. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning that like T, T2 really needs T1 too. It's like I, oh, I didn't well. think I, I didn't yeah. think Terminator 2 could for, for a minute. I was like, I was like, oh, Terminator 2, like people almost like that one more than the first one. It probably like it maybe it can stand on its own. But it's like there's there's a lot of. um you know, um, uh, what is it? Exposition explanation that happens in, in Terminator one that you kind of, I think really you need, you need to watch them mm. both. So true. yeah. Yeah. You know, you we said in the first one, Sean, I asked you about the first Terminator. Is it, is it more of a sci-fi or more of an action movie? And you said sci-fi movie. And I feel like this right. one is definitely more of an action movie. Definitely more of an Very action true. movie. Definitely. Um, action so I think that's the yeah. big difference, but yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's 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 hard to beat an original piece of material, even though this one did a great twist on it. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't get too much into John either, uh, and Edward Furlong, the actor, um, mm-hmm. and he is capital A acting a lot of this movie. He's, <laughs> he's really going for it. But uh, shout out to Edward Furlong. I know if, if you look down his Wikipedia page, it's not not a happy not a happy page. Um, mm-hmm. He's had some tough stuff. I mean, he is a he's one of many poster child for child stars. And kind of yeah. the ways it can go wrong, but I think he's yeah. kind of turned that around here in the last couple of years. I think he's coming good. out of it. But uh, good. Anyway, just some, just wanted to mention him because he's such a huge part of the movie, and, and we didn't really get a lot of time to discuss. Uh, I think the credits say and introducing Edward Furlong. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. I yeah, mean, I he made a huge splash, but boy, oh boy, job. dude, be, catapulting to that level of fame in like '91, all of a sudden. I mean, whew, dangerous. That was tough for a 13 year old. Yeah, in a movie that's not really a kids' movie, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. I'm this sure plenty the, of kids this, watched it. But this was the highest grossing R-rated movie ever at the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um. Well, great. Hey, if you're listening at home and you have thoughts about uh, Terminator Two and and you'd love to share them with us, we'd love to hear them. Email us at captiveaudiencepod at gmail uh, and we'd love to get future suggestions for movies that we should watch that maybe we haven't seen. So shoot us a message. We don't have a movie to tease at this point, but we uh, we have a very long list of things to go from. So we hope you'll hang with us on the journey and just uh, appreciate everyone who's uh, listened to this far of the episode and this far uh, on our podcast journey as we get this one going. Hasta la vista, babies. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.